Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Preserving Democracy Through Art and Education. This is your host Kate Mack coming at you from Halifax, Nova Scotia on a calm, cloudy morning by the harbor. And I must say it's great to be back here again and with new updates. So I know it's been another long stint since I last recorded and when I first began this podcast I initially aimed to report bi-weekly on art and education. Um, but you know, I had to take I had to take a break and unwind. Um, this year has been very challenging, um, as you all know, and going through it yourselves. And pandemic or no pandemic, the end of a school year is always a bit overwhelming, with a mix of emotions for everyone. You know, teachers and st- uh, students. You know, it's it's amazing to reflect and look back on a whole ten months. Um, of a school year it's like watching a timeline in your head it's it's great it's it's amazing what we've accomplished this year and students so you know every year I find it necessary to take a week or two before diving into another project or going on a trip somewhere it's nice to just stay still wake up brew your coffee read a book call a friend who you haven't been able to make plans with for a while, you know, that kind of thing. Or just spend some time by yourself. It's nice. It's really nice. Um, so I think the last time I spoke to everyone, I mentioned that we had just ended our lockdown in Nova Scotia and that things were slowly opening up again. Yeah. So the momentum in loosening restrictions has remained consistent And in early July, it was announced that fully vaccinated Canadians were finally able to travel abroad without having to come home and self-isolate. Very encouraging news. Yeah. So living in Nova Scotia has kind of added another layer of complications because, you know, if, if you live here or... You know, if you're from another province and you travel here, you want to come home or you travel here, you have to self-isolate for 14 days, no matter where you're arriving from. I think they had the same rules in Australia, something similar in Bermuda. Um, but yeah, it's pretty tight. And you know, it's 14 days. So, so in light of, so now you don't have to self-isolate. So in light of the loosened restrictions, I've actually booked a small trip to New York City, which I'm very excited about. I can't wait to see my friend and run in Central Park again. You know, it'll be so interesting to see what's changed since I last visited. I have to be honest, though. You know, I have to be honest. I was a little bit nervous booking a trip to fly internationally for the first time in over a year. You know, like I wasn't sure what new restrictions would be in place, where I would get tested in New York, how much it costs. I read on the internet, it was like hundreds of dollars to get tested in the U.S. I was like, no, <laughs> we get, to, you know, because being a Canadian citizen, right? We get like free healthcare, so to speak. So, so yeah, uh, that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to get stuck in New York. I love New York, but like, uh, I think you need a visa to work or live there or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's really confusing when you read the fine print on the internet about the steps you have to take to get across the border and back. It's not as simple. Like, you you know, you have to interpret the text and read between the lines. So yesterday while I was planning my trip, I was like, who, 
like it's Sunday afternoon, four o'clock. I'm like, who am I going to talk to about this? Who would know about this? But luckily, I have a very good friend who just did the trip to New York from Bermuda. And she lives in Bermuda. And she was able to walk me through the whole thing. So, you know, it's always so much easier when someone just explains something to you over the phone, you know? Like, I love it when you call a business and there's a warm body to simply answer your questions on the other end. And it's kind of true about phone calls too, isn't it? You know, it's just easier and faster to communicate something when you can say it all in a couple of minutes instead of a thousand texts. Anyways, I'm heading to New York soon. I'm very excited. That's my news. This is what's going on in my life. Uh, So now that I have this time um, away from teaching, I finally get to read some books that have been sitting on my coffee table for the last few months. I keep staring at them like, oh, I just want, I want to read that, but I just don't have the mental energy. I just didn't have the mental energy when I was teaching. So a lot of them are philosophical and self-help books uh, that have been piling up. I found it like really hard to find time while I was working around the clock to read these like I was saying, these kinds of texts. So I've got a pile here. Let's see, I've got 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. Apparently this one is supposed to be one of the best philosophical health book, self-help books on the, on the market. So just to give you a little background on the author here, Peterson is a clinical psychologist and a Canadian professor of psychology. <coughs> Excuse me. Apparently he spent some time teaching at Harvard as well, which is kind of neat. So I'll just, I'll read you a paragraph of the inside sleeve to offer you some insight of what themes are discussed in the book. So it says, quote, Peterson discusses discipline, courage, and the necessity of clear, truthful thinking, distilling the discoveries of science and lessons from the great myths of the world into 12 profound directives for living properly within the order of and chaos of our lives, end quote. So I'm really looking forward to reading this one. Sounds good. I've heard that it's very thought-provoking and well-written, so. I think he also does a lot of YouTube videos, too, if you just want to watch the YouTube videos and get some ideas on self-help. It's supposed to be really good. So I love making connections between literature and connecting the dots when it comes to identifying universal truths. Excuse me. I also have another philosophical self-help book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. So this author is a student of biochemistry with an emphasis on neuroscience. He's got all kinds of postgraduate training with a special focus on the brain. I love studying the brain, yeah. So um, I think it's really neat how we're teaching children how to understand their brains now too. We didn't do that when we were kids. You know, it teaches them about the amygdala and why you get stressed out at school and why you can't learn when you're stressed out. It's very, uh, it's great stuff for kids to know and adults too. Um, So yeah, so I digress. So I was initially introduced to this author by Sean Croxton whose show has been rated, quote, the internet's number one daily motivational podcast. So his podcast is called The Quote of the Day. And if you're interested in checking it out, 
by the way, I love this podcast. I listen to it every day. Uh, the episodes run for 10 to 15 minutes, so it's really easy to listen to when you're getting ready for work or whatever you're doing, you know? And the speeches he includes are highly motivating, like highly motivating to see the least. And um, oftentimes, if I like a speech, uh, really like a speech, I'll go out of my way to find literature and extend my understanding about it. Like I've, let a, I've been reading a lot of Wayne Dyer too. He's great too. I love Wayne Dyer. It's okay. Going all over the place here. Sorry, guys. So back to Joe Dispenza's book, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. So I've just finished reading the first few chapters and I'm highly intrigued. The first part of this book explains the connection between the mind and body and how important it is for your head and heart to be in sync when going after your goals. So Will's discussing this event. He talks about invisible forms of energy that exist all around us. So he discusses like he discusses the evolved study of atoms and the unpredictability me and the unpredictability of the subatomic the subatomic pa- part excuse me let me read that over he discusses the evolved study of atoms and the unpredictability of the subatomic particles within them yeah i'm, I'm taking a crash course in quantum physics by the way <laughs> yeah uh i hope i can explain this so it makes sense so he says that we discover subatomic particles only when we look for them and find them with our intentions. So you have to be intentional when you're going after your goals. You can't just be like, oh, I think I want this. You got to know. You have to know what you want, right? So in other words, if we are not looking for these subatomic particles, we won't find them and create the reality that we so desire. So essentially, what I think the author is trying to say is that we need to always be looking around with an open mind and always be willing to try new things in order to discover who we are and to get what we want for ourselves. So in discussing these themes, he notes the great amount of courage it takes to embrace the unknown and retrieving your dreams. So I found his discussion on energy very interesting. Now, strangely enough, this is really weird. Strangely enough, <clears throat> it may just prove his theory. While I was reading these chapters yesterday, my friend sent me an article about John Coltrane and his journey as a jazz musician. It's called The Creative Urge, John Coltrane on Perseverance Against Rejection, The Innovator's Mindset, and How Hardship Fuels Art by Maria Popova. And it tied right in with Dispenza's book and the, you know, the urge that humans have to create and find those subatomic particles. <laughs> and so it says, <clears throat> let me read you, I mean, like, listen, let me read you the first sentence of the article. Quote, to create anything of beauty, daring, and substance that makes the world see itself afresh, be it a revolutionary law of planetary motion, or the starry night is the work of lonely persistence against the tides of convention and conformity, often at the cost of the visionaries' aching ostracism from the status quo they are challenging with their vision. 
end quote. Wow. It says a lot in so, in so few words. So after reading this article, I, re- I thought, wow, John Coltrane was a courageous artist. You know, he just kept going forward and embracing the unknown in his career. <clears throat> and I think this is what helped him become so successful. And, you know, so he just kept going, you know, as a jazz artist in the 50s. So here's some general information about the jazz artist, just to give you a little bit of background. So this is kind of cool. At the beginning of his career, he apparently avoided being drafted in World War II by enlisting in the Navy. And while he was enlisted, he started playing in live shows and kept going from there. While he was building his career, he would apparently spend hours playing his saxophone for up to 20, like 24, 25 hours a day. Uh, and when people complained about the noise, he would continue silently practicing by fingering the notes after he was told to stop. That's, that's passion and dedication, eh? Yeah. So apparently he was always trying new things when he played the saxophone and defied convention in several instances. So his recording Giant Steps in 1959, for example, stands out heavily on account of the complexity in his playing. It says here that most jazz musicians hadn't tried this kind of playing in the 50s, so he created this like new form of jazz. Um, so as a result of trying new things and embracing the unknown, he evolved uh, greatly as a jazz musician, and to this day he's referred to as one of the most influential saxophonists in music history. Yeah. So, you know, music, art, really does have a unique way of connecting the mind and body, the mind and the heart. And I think it's very appropriate to quote Socrates today in saying that you don't know what you don't know. You know, and that quote alone encourages me, encourages me just to keep going uh, and embracing the unknown. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to keep reading this book by Dispenza and keep trying to be courageous and embracing the unknown like my friend Coltrane did with his music. Yeah, that's my goal for the summer and for this year and years to come. So those are my updates and thoughts for today's podcast about preserving democracy through art and education, expressing oneself, and being intentional is so necessary in helping people achieve their dreams in our society, whatever they may be, you know? Uh, So in a couple of weeks, I'll be talking about vintage films and visual forms of art again. But before I go, I have to tell you about a real thing that happened to me that reminded me of a famous film by Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds. So if you haven't seen it, it's a film from the 60s about birds attacking humans for no reason. Um, It's entertaining because it's so nonsensical. And it's a classic. It's a lot of fun to watch. <clears throat> so, so getting back to my story here, I was, this is this is nuts. I was walking downtown a couple of weeks ago, and I saw a shortcut in the back of a Dalhousie campus on Barrington Street. I thought, ooh, I'll just walk through here. That looks easy. This looks easy. You know, I just walked through the back of the building on my way to get tested for COVID. And 
mandatory procedure while you're teaching. So I noticed that there is, uh, not mandatory, but I did it. I, I got tested frequently. I just thought it was a responsible thing to do while I was teaching. So I noticed that there were a lot of crows in this shaded area. And of course, I was on the phone. Yep, really, you know, it was like a classic unfolding of a scene from a horror movie. You know, there's a person not paying attention or aware of the dangers lurking around them. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, it's just a bunch of birds. You know, I'll be fine. Whatever. So just as I was talking and crossing under these trees, I felt this huge gust of wind an inch away from the top of my head and this deafening, loud cawing it and it just like my body reacted you know <clears throat> it suddenly occurred to me that I was being attacked by a bunch of crows <laughs> and I couldn't even hang up the phone it was that like I had to run I had to run as fast as I could down the alley to the street I was I was screaming and laughing and flailing my arms it was really funny. I was scared, though. I was legitimately scared. And people were, like, watching me. And they're like, meh, it's COVID. Who knows what's up with that girl? Who knows what's up with that woman flailing her arms and screaming, it's COVID. Whatever. <laughs> and one of those buzzards even followed me to the street. I had to take cover in a bus shelter. Luckily, there was, like, a bus shelter right there. <laughs> so... I was laughing at myself and then when I got back on the phone with my friend she's like what just happened and I had to explain to her that I get attacked by a bunch of girls um <clears throat> so that's the incident like I call it the incident now <laughs> um and uh I currently have a personal vendetta against crows now and uh of course this incident the, the incident <laughs> forced me to do some research. Apparently, they're very aggressive in May and June. And they've had real problems with attacks in Vancouver. Yeah. Like people's heads bleeding after being packed. And Now, I used to get attacked by this one bird in Australia to the point where I'd have to take off my teaching heels and run. But, like, never here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So, like, okay, this is fascinating. Did you know that crows can recognize your face for up to three years? <laughs> Isn't that something? When I went to Troy to visit my mom after the school year ended, I told her, I was kind of joking when I said this, I said, I'm scared to go running on the nature trail because this crow attack, and the crows can recognize your face for up to three years. Like after they've attacked you. And she kind of teased me. She's like, oh... Uh, don't worry, dear. You can you can run here. I'm, I'm sure the crows won't recognize you here. <laughs> so there you have it. Respect Mother Nature, right? Animals are way smarter than we think. And wow, just, yeah. So on a more serious note, I hope everyone's having a great summer so far. It's encouraging to see everyone getting vaccinated so quickly now. You know? And hopefully we can reach a 75% vaccination target by July 21st so we can open the border and visit our neighbors again. More often, that is. So as always, thanks so much for listening. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And remember, you can always reach out and say hi or share something with me by messaging me on Facebook. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, Preserving Democracy Through Art and Education. Or by emailing me at mccloudkate9 at gmail.com. That's mccloudkate9 at gmail.com. So have a great week, everybody. Enjoy. And as always, be safe, be well, and spread the kindness. Bye-bye for now.